This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Matthew chapter 6, and uh, Anthony, we'll bring you back a little bit later. I like how Anthony went with the double keyboard player, the two keys. That's real, that's, that's serious church right there. Who knows what he's going to play? Just, you know, just be ready for it. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to jump right in for sake of time. And uh, if you're new to church, I'll do my best to explain what we're reading, where we've been, and where we're going to go for today. But this is uh, Jesus talking in Matthew chapter 6, and he's teaching us really how to engage God, how to talk to him. He says, this then is how you should pray. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if, Jesus continues, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is a fascinating portion of scripture. This is an incredible time. We talked last week, but just to recap for everybody to be on the same page, this is Jesus preaching his first sermon. Now, anybody think that Jesus' first sermon, it could have been on podcasts. I'm just saying it should have been on the podcast. Jesus is preaching his first sermon. It's from the Sermon of the Mount. He's gathered quite a following on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. And, um, and this huge crowd has gathered. Jesus realizes he can't communicate on a flat level, so he scurries up onto a little hill and he begins to explain on this mountain to his followers what life looks like now that he's here. He begins to usher in a brand new government, a brand new kingdom, a brand new way of life. He says things like in Matthew chapter 5, he says things like the Beatitudes. This ought to be your attitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who root and go crazy for the L.A. Rams, for they shall be rewarded. Somebody say amen. Jesus is going through in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, in Matthew 6, he pauses and he begins to teach his followers how to pray, how to engage God, how to talk to God. And we, just to recap, we talked about the first part of this prayer last week. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, I want to declare to you today, you got a good Father in heaven. And you're not abandoned. You're not an orphan. Anybody thankful today that you got a Father? He didn't say my father as in ownership. He said it's our father. So even if you're a cowboy fan, you still got a father and it's not Jerry Jones. Oh, I feel like preaching. He said our father who art in, where is he? He's in heaven. He said he's in heaven and hallowed be thy name. In other words, your name is sacred. Your name is set apart. There's no other name like your name. He said when you pray, pray this way. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. What he's really talking about when he says his, God's kingdom come, he's talking about the new government. Jesus ushered in a new wave of living, a new kingdom. The old kingdom, which was law, the old kingdom we could never measure up to, the old kingdom we could never arrive to. We cannot live by the old kingdom. He said, pray this new kingdom into our life. The kingdom of grace, the kingdom of salvation, the kingdom of mercy. Anybody thankful that we're not under the old kingdom? Anybody thankful for the kingdom of Jesus? 
So he said, you know, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And today I want to land on the transition where Jesus teaches us to go from praising God to now petitioning from God. He said, start your prayer saying, thank you, Jesus. And now let's pray and ask God for some things. So when you pray, pray this way. And God, give us our bread, our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is thy kingdom and thy glory and thy power forever. I want to preach a message this afternoon. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title, maybe in your phone or something. Write down the title of today. It's called Request Box. Request Box. And I want to pray one more time that God will come and encourage us and speak to our hearts. Let's all bow our heads and agree together. Father, thank you so much that you are so good to our church. You are so gracious and loving and merciful. We remind ourselves today of who you are. Thank you, God, for times like these where we can be strengthened and encouraged by your word. We ask that today you'd open up our eyes so we can see Jesus, open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in this setting. And God, with our heads bowed, we are thanking you once again that you did answer our prayers and let the Rams win last night. God, we know it's only preseason, but our faith is built that we are going to win a Super Bowl in LA this year. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together. That's the weakest amen I've ever heard in my life. And everybody said together. Where are the Rams fans? If there's any Rams fans, just 10 Rams fans. I like that. I like that. It's 10 of us in this piece. Any Laker fans here today? Where are the Laker fans? Okay, there we go. Got, got a few more people. All right. Um, I don't know if, um, if you grew up with, with good parents. I don't know what your um, home life or, you know, your home situation was like growing up. But I grew up with, with a phenomenal mom and a fantastic dad. My mom, for those of you that don't know, my mom is a short little Mexican. She is a Hispanic lady. Are there any Mexicans in the place today? Okay, La Cucaracha, La Bamba. All right, I see y'all. Your mama, whatever, bought those locals forever, Holmes. And so my mom is a little short Hispanic. She immigrated to the United States when she's 14. We're legal. Okay, don't you call nobody on my family. We're good. She has a card. It's green. Thank you very much. So my mom is sweet. My dad is, um, my dad's a real white guy. You know, white dudes. My dad is super white. My dad is ultra white. My dad's like, he put the white in white. You know what I mean? Like my dad's a Costco dad. Any Costco dads in the house? My dad rocks New Balance shoes, okay? My dad, my, my dad wears, uh, the only brands he wears are brands he's invested into. He's got like six companies on, when he wears clothes. Just, he, he's an investment guy. But my my dad, you know, my, my mom is loud. She's gregarious. She's Hispanic. She's Latin. God does not make quite Latin people. My dad's just kind of a, a just a white guy. So anyways, but I grew up knowing how to work the system. You remember when you were growing up and you wanted to go stay the night at somebody's house, you could discern whose attitude was better and who was it, who you were closest with in the moment. You knew who to hit up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, when you wanted to go to the movies and you needed some money, so you knew who exactly to ask for money. Oh, dad gave me $20 last time. I need $40 this time. I'm going to mom. Mom, que estas haciendo? <laughs> you know, like I'm a hit up mom, right? You just, you, you know, and then I, I always noticed mom was super easy. If I showed my mom any attention at all, she'd give me whatever I want. Like my mom is too easy. But my dad, my dad, I had to work hard. My dad's not just handing stuff out. My dad's not letting people sleep over. My dad, I had to butter up. I had to walk up to dad and like, dad, you've been working out. 
Dang. Dang, you look good. Dang, you been tanning. No, you're too white for that. You're red. But, you know, like, I would just, I would learn, like, Dad, man, my dad's a pastor. Like, Dad, you preached so good today. Oh, my gosh. You were, you were on fire, Dad. Like, I just learned how to kind of, you ever butter someone up, you know, sweeten someone up? You, you, you build them up because you know you're about to make a big ask. You know you're about to make that withdrawal. So you start hitting somebody up. You ever do this on text? Hey, how you been? What's going on? Man, it's been too long because you know you need to ask for tickets. Anybody know what? I'm talking about. You just, you're about to, you, you got to build this thing up because you're about to make a withdrawal. Jesus is teaching us that when we pray, when you come to God, the first order of business, the first thing that we do is we praise him. We say, our father, hallowed be that. When you come to God, before you start asking for stuff, just praise the Lord. Just thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. Thank you that he's a father. Thank you that he is gracious. Come on, anybody come to church today to before you ask for anything, praise the Lord for a lot of things. Anybody feel like God has been good to you today? Jesus says, before you start asking for things, let's just start the prayer model off by saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. I'm praising you for your kingdom. I'm praising you for who you are. Now, Jesus, after it is solidified that we're praising the Lord and thanking God for who he is, watch the transition. He goes from praise to petition. Over here, he begins to say, okay, now that we've established how good God is and how much you love him, how thankful you are, now let's begin to ask for some things. Just gonna give you a few things that Jesus is putting as the priority for us to ask. Write down the first thing that he asks, he asks us to pray for. The first one is provision. That when we come to God, here's what we're asking for. We're asking for God to provide. And I just want to say to somebody, maybe you don't have that much money. Maybe you are trying to find a place to live. Maybe, maybe you feel like God hasn't been that good. But the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. Notice that God does not say, give us this year's bread worth. No, it's a daily faith. It's a daily dependence. It's saying, God, I'm going to rely on you to provide. I want to declare to somebody today, God is going to provide for your business. God is going to provide for your family. God is going to provide for this city. God is is going to provide for this world. God is going to provide for those who are suffering in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. God is a God of provision. The Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and his glory. I'll tell you, the Bible says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It says the earth is the Lord's and all that is within it. Please just know this. Our God can very quickly provide for you what you need. Is anybody thankful for this truth and this reality? He's a God of provision. So he said, when you pray, just ask God to provide. What do you need? Uh, a couple weeks ago, Julie and I were in the service, and I think Nate, who, by the way, preached the 10 a.m. for me because I was on the plane, who did a fantastic job. Where's Nate, dog? Is he in the service? He's probably editing photos. He's the greatest photographer at our church. But can we put our hands together and thank God for Nate, dog, who did a great job in the 10 a.m.? But I think Nate was up here, you know, when we do the prayer cards and me and Julia, we, we had, we had been trying to sell a house for a number of months and it just, it would not move. We've been lowering the price and, and we've been, you know, believing in faith and, and right in the middle of the service here at Zoe, uh, you know, this guy's going through the prayer request and I grabbed my wife's hand and said, come on, let's pray right now that God would sell this house. And so we prayed and Julia felt like in one week, this thing's going to sell. Well, can I, can I tell you last Sunday we were in service and we get an email in the middle of church and it said this whole thing that's been on the 
market for months. It's been purchased. Somebody put down an offer and it's going to be sold. Come on. God is a God of provision. I'm telling you time and time again, God will provide. I'll never forget when I moved from Seattle, Washington to Los Angeles. I can't believe September 1st, we'll celebrate two years living in LA. Two years this, in, this next month. And when we moved, when we were leaving Seattle, I was driving a car and I said, I got to get rid of my Seattle car. I'm going to LA. I got to be big pimping. You know what I'm saying? Like West Coast Customs, what? You know, like I knew I, I need an LA car. So I sold my Seattle car and I'm coming down to LA. When I get to LA September two years ago, I'm Ubering all over the city. I got no car. I'm just taking an Uber everywhere. It's starting to get expensive, you know? So I said, okay, I got to pull the trigger. I got to buy me an LA car. So I start, you know, working with a guy that I know owns a dealership and then we start, you know, I'm going to go do a deal. I go to the dealership. I'm going to pull the trigger on a car. I feel like God speaks to me. God says, do not buy a car. I'm going to buy you a car. I said, yes, you are. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> that sounds like you in the name of Jesus. Yes, it is. Why don't you talk like this more often? So I left the dealership. I, I said, okay, God's going to buy me a car. So a month goes by, two months. I'm taking an Uber all over the place. I'm Ubering all over the city. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm wasting a lot of money. So finally, I, I thought to myself, well, maybe I just wanted to hear that. <laughs> maybe that wasn't God. Maybe that was me. So I go back. I'm going to pull the trigger on a car. I got to buy me a car. I go back. I'm going to pull the trigger. God speaks again. God says, what did I tell you? Don't buy a car. I'm going to buy you a car. I said, when? You are something else. Your time is all messed up. I'm trying to build your church. And so finally, I take my Uber. I'm going all over the city. I got no car. And I go and preach at a church in Rancho Cucamonga. Hashtag worst city's name ever. Like, who named that? I got a good one. Rancho Cucamonga. No failure. Anyways. So I'm in Rancho and I'm preaching at this church. And, and, um, and a couple of days later, the pastor's son texts me. He said, hey, this morning, God woke my father up and told him, the Holy Spirit told him to buy you a car. He said, here's two websites. Pick out anything that you want. Now, when someone sends you two websites that says anything you want, I want to be very respectful. So I got a Hyundai on this thing and I got like big pimping on this thing. You know what I'm saying? And so we go back to this guy. I'll never forget. He said, no, I felt like God said, buy you a nice car. They met me at the dealership. And can you believe they put down and paid for this whole entire thing? Come on, I'm telling you today, he's a God of provision. He will provide for your family. He will, come on, give him some praise today. If you believe it, I'm just telling you today, if you need money, if you need help, if you need resource, if you need it in your business, if you need it in your home, if you need it for your children, God will provide all of your needs. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. He said, when you come to pray, make sure you pray this way. Give us this day, today. I don't want the bread from last week. I want provision for this week. I need strength today. I need wisdom today. I need discernment today. I need to know the direction of God. I am not just talking about money. I'm talking about God will provide all of your needs spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. God is a God of provision. Let me just say this. It bothers me when people say, oh, it's a self-made man. Oh, they made themselves. Oh, they sacrificed. You know, they built that themselves. No, no, no. God has given you your gifting. He's given you your intellect. He's given you grace, the favor of God. The grace of God has opened up doors. There is no such thing as a self-made man. People are God, graced, God ordained. It's a God thing. He provides. Can I just say this? God does not start providing when you come to church. 
God doesn't start providing when you do well or you tithe. God has been faithful all the days of your life. When you were rebelling, when you didn't know who he was, when you were against the things of God, when you were losing your mind, God was still providing. Why? Because no father would ever neglect or a son or a daughter. Come on, if you're thankful that he's a God of provision, if you'd like, you can clap and go, it's good, come on. It's God. Saying, pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. I love the next part. He said, and, oh, Jesus, help me. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I just write down number two. Here's the second thing Jesus is addressing. He's addressing relationships. He's saying, when you pray, you got to pray for provision and and then pray for your relationships. This is a fascinating portion that Jesus would stop and he'd actually teach us and instruct us that when we pray, when we go to God, we ought to ask for forgiveness. I don't know about you, but this morning, since we gathered last Sunday, I have sinned a number of times. How about you? Guys, I went through TSA this morning and I sinned. I've never made it through TSA without sinning. This morning, them suckers, they took my saline solution for my contacts. I was sinning by the time it was 5 a.m. here. I was already full of sin. I was letting the whole world know what I thought about TSA this morning. Jesus is saying, when you pray, ask for forgiveness. You know, when we ask for forgiveness, it's not that we're in a forgiveness contest like, oh, they need forgiveness. But you know, I don't really need that much. Yet the reality is all of us are sinners. We've all been born into sin. We're prone to sin. Whether we like it or not, sinning is part of our natural lifestyle. So Jesus is teaching us when you pray so that your conscience can get clear, so that you ever sin and you feel icky inside? You feel that crunchy like, ah. He's saying, so that gets washed away. So you don't walk around with a guilty conscience, having to not look people in the eye, feeling bad about yourself, He said, why don't you let the blood of Jesus wash us away? Ask the Father to forgive your sins. I want to declare to some people today, our God is not intimidated by your sin. That's why he sent his son to die for your sin. Sin will not keep you from God. A guilty conscience will keep you from God. So when you come to God, just say, God, forgive me. You know, it it should be just part of your, I ask God for forgiveness all the time because I know what a sinner I am. I know how much mistake I can make. But watch what Jesus teaches. He says, when you pray, pray this way. Father, forgive us our sins. Oh God, I do not like this next part. Please just bear with me. Forgive us our sins. Yes, I want that. As we forgive those who sin against us. So Jesus is teaching us, you don't just get to stand there and go, let me get a whole bunch of forgiveness, but I will never give somebody else forgiveness. It's not this one-way street where we get to receive grace, but we do not dispense grace. Jesus is teaching, we receive forgiveness as we forgive those who sin against us. You know, it's amazing to me what bitterness will do to somebody's life. It's amazing to me what unforgiveness will do to somebody's soul. It's amazing to me how even in the Bible, we're gonna see in just a minute, how bitterness will cause all kinds of troubles in your life. Watch here a few verses. We're gonna go to Ephesians 4, Hebrews 12, and then Matthew 5. Just three verses right here on the screens. Watch this. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, 
forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Go to, go to the next one, Hebrews 12. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Watch the next verse. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Oh, lest any root of bitterness spring up and cause all kinds of trouble. Go to Matthew chapter five, verse 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. What is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying, stay away from getting bitter. Stay away from unforgiveness. Don't take the bait of Satan. I have seen some of the most talented, incredible, called, destined, amazing individuals take the bait of Satan. It dries up your spirit. It shrivels up your soul. It causes you to be small-minded. Don't take the bait of being a bitter, unforgiving person. As God forgave us, we ought to be those that forgive others. This is just the life of a Christian. That when you realize all that God has forgiven you from, you say, God, how can I not forgive others? Isn't it amazing that the people that we usually have to forgive are not people that leave stupid comments on your IG? It's usually people that were closest to you. It's, it's people that had proximity. It's people that were close enough to stab you in the back. It's people that were close enough to hurt your feelings. It's usually a best friend. It's usually a family member. It's usually someone that was in your home with your family, someone that was not near and dear to your heart. Those are the people that can hurt us the most. It's family. It's, it's ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends. It's ex-spouses. Jesus is teaching us we need to be forgiven ourselves, but we also have to let those people go so they do not dominate our heart, our soul, and our mind Somebody say amen. amen. He's saying, let these people go. You know what unforgiveness is? Unforgiveness is drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Forgiveness is setting the prisoner free and realizing all the while that you were the prisoner. Most of the people that hurt your life, most of the people that offended you, most of the people that took out your mind and have cost you so much energy, they don't even realize the damage they've done. It's not even on their radar. They moved on a long time ago. But for you to step into what God's called you to do, you gotta let them go. Father, forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Come on, anybody believe today that you can be a person of forgiveness and let it go? Oh, I feel like frozen. Let it go. Jesus is teaching us. When you pray, pray for provision. Pray for your relationships. Pray that you're related. You know, so many people, the reason why they're upset at life is because they're upset with relationships. Disappointed relationships. A relationship with a family member. A relationship with a, with a special loved one. And it went sour. It went sideways. And you haven't recovered. I want to speak to somebody today. Let that relationship get healed. And the only way you can get healing is forgiveness. Somebody say amen. So Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. Pray for provision. Pray for relationships. And then he keeps going. Watch what he says. Give us this bread, our daily bread. And forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And watch this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Write down number three this morning. What Jesus is talking about is he's talking about the battle. He's talking about the battle between us and the enemy. He's talking about the real life battle between us and the adversary of your soul. And I, I know it's not like, nobody wakes up in the morning, rolls over, looks at their phone, checks all their social media and goes, ah, I'm in a battle today. Let's go. Ah, 
Like that's not on anybody. Is you, by the way, if you're like that, it's kind of weird. But, um, <laughs> but really the reality is, is that every day there is a real person. The devil is alive. I feel him breathing. Oh, don't make me rap. But, but there is a real enemy that is alive and wants to take you out. I just want to give you a heads up today. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the foundational scripture of this church where we got Zoe church, the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I know this isn't good news today, but please let me contrast it with Jesus in just a second. There is a real enemy that wants to steal and kill and destroy you. You know what they say about Michael Jordan. They said Michael Jordan, when he played, and he is the greatest ever, by the way, but when Michael Jordan, when he played, he did not want to beat you. He wanted to kill you. I, I don't know who you are today, but just let me give you a heads up. The enemy of your soul wants to take you out. He doesn't want to just hurt you a little bit. He doesn't want to beat you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He, the Bible says he walks around like a devouring lion searching for those he can destroy. He knows he can't steal your salvation, but he knows he can rob your joy. He can rob your mind. He can steal away your sympathy. He can take away your innocence. He can take away your relationships. He knows he can't take, you are saved if you said yes to Jesus forever. But the enemy knows that he can still steal a bunch from you. He can still destroy your soul and your mind. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said the contrary contrast. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's Zoe life. That's Zoe the abundant life that can only be found in Jesus. Now you gotta understand, Jesus, when he's teaching us to pray, said, and pray this way, that God would not lead us into temptation, but we would actually see deliverance from the evil one. This is a fascinating part of the scripture, and I just wanna just spend just one second here. Please hear what God's saying. God is saying that God is not going to tempt you. Just a heads up, God doesn't tempt you. God doesn't put your struggle or your weakness in front of you and go, huh, huh? Let's see how you do, huh? Let's see if you can pass this test, huh, Buckaroo? Been coming to church? Okay, let's see if you can handle that. God is not a God of temptation. God will test your faith, but he will not tempt your faith. Satan is a temptation master. And he's looking for times to tempt you so he can lead you away into a place where you indulge the flesh and you feel worse about yourself and you go further away from the things of God when you pray, Jesus said, and pray this way and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Don't let us be tempted to indulge ourselves and to do the wrong thing. Anybody here, just by show of hand, you've ever been tempted and said yes to the temptation like myself? Anybody? Yeah, all of us. And, and so how do we overcome temptation? How do we get past the struggle? How do we go on beyond the temptation. He said, when you pray, pray this way. God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the battle. I, I know this. I know we're, listen, we're a good news church. I know today my outfit's off, you know, the black and the navy blue. Stop judging me. But, but, but please, we're a good news church. I always want to preach grace. I want to make you smile. Y'all are so good looking. Thank you for coming. I want, I want to be happy. And nobody's up here trying to say like the devil's, you know, he's alive and I feel him breathing. Nobody's up here doing that. Is it hot in here for you guys? Because it's really hot in here for me. But really what, what, what I'm trying to say is you have to understand the devil wants to take you out. And, and at some point, you're going to have to answer the call for your family. Are you going to fight in this battle for your family and your future? Like, I, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before. 
I've only been in one fight my whole life. I know it's hard to believe, but I've only been in one fight. And I, I never thrown a punch my whole life. I want to throw one so bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I started going to boxing. I'm going to throw one one day. But, but my only fight I've ever been in my whole life was in middle school. And this guy started talking. We were doing your mama jokes. And I felt like he crossed the line. So, I, and he had an ice cream cone. And so I, I pimp slapped him. You know what I'm saying? I still haven't thrown a punch, but the pimp slap was, I got him right where you could hear it. You know what I mean? Left a red mark on his face. I felt so cool, man. I felt like a million. I mean, I just felt so awesome. I've never been in like an actual fight, an actual beat down. But some of you got to understand that in order for you to go forward, you're going to have to fight for your kids. You're going to have to fight for your sanity. You're going to have to fight for your calling. You're going to have to fight for your future. There's some people here today that God is wanting to wake up and you can literally say it in your spirit. God, don't let me go into that temptation anymore. Deliver me from the evil one. I feel like he's attacking me. I feel like he's tempting me. I feel like he's trying to take me out. And I'm saying no in my home. I'm saying no in my family. I'm saying no to my children. I'm saying no for my business. Come on, is there anybody here today that just feels like praying the way that Jesus taught us to pray? Deliver us from the evil one. Come on, give him some praise today. If you don't want to say yes to the plans of the enemy and you want to say yes to the plans of God. I invite the worship team to come up. So watch the model of this prayer. This is amazing. This is Jesus saying, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then once we transition into praying for ourselves, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Watch how Jesus ends the prayer. Come on in with it, Anthony. Oh, I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit right there when he started playing. That's fantastic. The double keyboard. Jesus says, when you're done praying for what you want, provision, relationships, the battle. End with, write down number four. We're going to end with this. Priorities. I was reading this. I thought, oh my gosh. Jesus is the first person to do the sandwich method. Jesus is the first person that actually teaches us praise God for who he is. Ask him for what you need. And then just end the prayer by thanking him for how awesome he is. Just declare his priority over your priority. Watch how he ends the prayer. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Watch how they, he teaches the disciples to end it. For thine is thy kingdom and thy glory and thy power forever and ever. Amen. In other words, I'm ending my prayer with priority of God, of saying, God, whatever you want, God, whatever provision you want to give me, God, whatever relationships you want me to heal, God, whatever battle you want me to fight in, I'm saying yes to you, your kingdom, your glory, your power, your fame, your name, whatever you want, you're my priority. I just, I came to encourage somebody, priority with God's house will bring blessing to your house. You know, God is a God of order. Get your priorities straight. 
today the Bible's teaching us that God is our first priority. Your kingdom be established. Your will in my life come. I know we want to put some requests in the request box, but before you do, and even after you do, why don't you praise the Lord, put the request in, and thank God again. Lord, I thank you that you're amazing. This is what I need in my home. And God, I'm thanking you once again that you are who you say you are, and you can do what you said you do. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.